Welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. Tom Kerno is a 22-year-old independent farmer from Scadden, Western Australia. In 2015, there was a series of Esperance bushfires burning from the 15th to the 26th of November. One of these fires burnt over 128,000 hectares or 320,000 acres. On the 17th of November, these fires burnt almost the entirety of the Scadden community, including almost all of Tom's family property, my own home farm, as well as most of our other friends and families in the area. During this day, tragically, the fire took four people's lives, including Kim Freddie Kerno, Tom's father. As of 2016, the Cascade slash Scadden fire was equally the worst bushfire in Esperance, along with Western Australia, in terms of human fatality, along with the Willow Springs Nanut Fire of January 1958. Along with and after the fires, Tom experienced a series of events that led him to ultimately single-handedly run a 6,000-acre cropping program with the support of his uncles and twin brother Riley. I am privileged to sit down with one of my best friends and chat about his experience of becoming a farmer, his leadership skills and obvious passion for farming. We really hope you enjoy. So I'm here today with a really exciting guest, one of my best friends. I'm very privileged to actually have him in Perth for five minutes to come and speak on the podcast. So Tom, before we get started and go into kind of your whole story, can you tell me a little bit about your childhood and your upbringing? Yeah, so I grew up in Scadden, which is 60 k's north of Esperance, and it's basically a stone's throw from your place, Lavinia. And <laughs> we yeah. are just across the highway from each other, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, and um, so yeah, I grew up there, and our farm's about yeah, two and a half thousand hectares, just all grain growing. Um, and yeah, I'm back there now, um, by myself at the moment, so. And can you tell the audience a little bit about what was it like growing up on the farm and what was sort of some of the integral parts about farm life that really made you want to always go back into farming? Yeah, so I guess growing up on the farm, you have so much freedom, like after school and there's so many activities you can do, it's just endless. And I guess the lifestyle is so just so chilled out. For you you can't compare there. it. Nah. We had a pretty good childhood. Yeah, yeah. So, and I guess that... It's still the same now, you know, you finish, you knock off work and there's no one around, which I really love. Like, I can't deal with people sometimes. So. <laughs> it's nice to have a bit of space. I think every farmer likes a little bit of time to themselves or yeah, mostly because definitely. you have to be used to a little bit of isolation and having a lot of time on your own to contemplate. But I think mm. that's probably what actually makes you a really good farmer because you have time to actually assess and make decisions as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And kind of as you grew up, you then decided to go to ag school, didn't you? So you actually have done a fair bit of ag study before you actually went back onto the farm. Yeah, so in year 11 and 12, I went to Cunderdon Ag School and... Um, I actually completed my ATAR there as well, which was really beneficial for me because I, it was sort of the stepping stone for a lot of agronomy stuff and all of that. And I actually learned a lot there. Um, and 
yeah, then from there, I suppose I applied a bit of that to the farm with our agronomist that we've got when I came back. And um, yeah, but Cunderdon, that was the, the best thing I ever did for me, really. It worked out pretty well, me coming from a Perth school to go out there. And mm. um, yeah, it was just such a good experience and hands on. And just you just get to see a lot of different things from, and you meet a lot of other kids from different farms around, like all over. WA, so. Yeah, we've already had one Cunderdon student on Anaya who's also oh. from Esperance and we've got a, another couple actually scheduled to come on. I think obviously it's a school that sort of breeds you to want to really be involved in the agriculture yeah. industry. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just the morals behind the school and they really promote whatever pathway you want to go down, whether it's through the trades or with an ATAR course or, or anything like that. They they really help you out in whichever direction you want to go in and yeah, they they're very good in helping with the university staff and the stepping stones for to get into agricultural courses at uni are like, like the courses that you do there are basically just toned down ones from from there so yeah they're really really good yeah, yeah it was pretty thorough wasn't it yeah and so I think from there obviously you went back onto the farm but that was kind of not your plan from the beginning um in November 2015 yeah. um, there was a time that I guess do you want to talk about it and yeah, then definitely. I can and then I can kind of put in because we were both obviously involved in that so. yeah yeah so in 2015 I suppose that was the year I graduated school and uh, I was 18 and I graduated on the 13th of November and I came home um, and yeah I was just helping with harvest and the fires the fire came through on the 17th of November, I guess. And it was burning in the bush before that, obviously. And, yeah, it burnt 150-odd thousand hectares um, in the Esperance area. And, yeah, sort of finished up in Scadden where we are. Yeah, it so. kind of – I think our property line was actually the edge of the where it mm. kind of finished up. Yeah. But um, – it's – I don't know. I'll have to put out some sort of like a map to show people the kind of area because you – without being able to see it, like how far it actually reached. Travelled, yeah. Yeah, 150,000. quick years, period of time. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. Big space and I guess because it was farmland, it just – that's what just mowed it along, I suppose, and made it go so quick. Oh, uh, and it was a good year as well on the farm. Yeah. Like it was going to be a good season. Yeah. So obviously those crops with a lot of grain in it just took off. Yeah, and heavy stubbles and – yeah, I guess um, – so yeah, that well, that I was just helping my old man with harvest, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And I was um in the sample hut on your farm <laughs> at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't can't get rid of me. CBA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um and then yeah from from there I went to the fire with dad on that yeah. day and then yeah. obviously the fire happened and yeah me and him parted ways probably halfway through the day mm-hmm. and um he went and warned the like the north side of Griggs Road mm-hmm. and I went to the south side and then. Yeah, like obviously you couldn't communicate with anyone, so I just had to um, basically I went to Gibbo and then from there I went to town because I I couldn't come back in, I guess. Yeah. And um, yeah, then obviously that afternoon, then yeah, like Dad was just unlucky, I suppose, and got caught out, and no one will ever really know. But I think yeah, when it's your, probably your time to go, just that's just it, I think, really. So. I remember that day so vividly. I don't know about you, but yeah. I there are certain things about that day where I, it just seems like it wasn't real, even. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty surreal. Like it doesn't, 
when something like that happens, you don't, it doesn't eat you for a few days. Or like, you know, everyone was telling, like, coming up to you and stuff. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. I think as well we need to give a bit more context to this we haven't. Um, mm. <laughs> Tom's twin brother, Riley, actually dates my sister as well, guys. Yeah. So that um, probably relates to the next part of the story as well because um, that day – I'd actually come back to Perth for exams. Mm, yeah. So I wasn't at the hut that day. But the Sunday before I left, I'd seen you and your dad and I waved goodbye and we'd seen the fire kind of burning in mm. the distance on the Sunday. But yeah, we just bush. we didn't think anything of it. Like we, yeah. ne- you just never think. But I remember a lot of us, I'd gone back to Perth for exams and I was here on the Tuesday night. And yeah, my dad rang me. Or I rang dad at 5.30 because people were telling me that our – our whole farm was on fire and mm. I hadn't heard from anyone else because you guys were all out of range. Yeah. And I just couldn't conceptually believe that everything was burning. Like it seemed like people were being too dramatic yeah. and it totally wasn't. I remember I called dad and he said, I've, I've got to go. This is, and I was like, oh my God, is this the last time I'm ever going to hear from my dad? Yeah. And then the next thing I really remember is, at, I don't know if you remember this, but at 10 o'clock at night, mm. um, you called Soph. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I was briefly remember. I, and I know it was a massive day. Yeah. And I remember you talking to Soph and Soph just like suddenly bursting into tears. And I, yeah. I took the phone and I talked to you and I was, and you told me and I was like, oh my God, like we love you so much. And I was like, I, someone has to stay together because yeah. Soph and mum had just fallen apart. Mm. And immediately we went and picked your brother and sister up from boarding school yeah, yeah so they, they didn't were, have to be at school yeah they were still up here weren't they yeah, yeah they were both up here because your brother was finishing year 12 mm. um and i remember riley was trying to keep it together really well and mm. you were as well you guys like um for everyone listening tom is one of the most amazing people in my life generally i want to start crying like the way you've dealt with this whole situation your resilience honestly you're one of the yeah. most impeccable people that i've ever met to be able to do what you did and just keep getting on with because the aftermath as well was insane like the cleanup everything yeah. else you were dealing with and the freaking finishing <laughs> harvest so yeah. if people's paddocks weren't burnt they were trying to harvest to get it all over with mm. like it was probably one of the messiest yeah it was a pretty hectic end of the year wasn't it yeah it was just if people weren't harvesting they were out there had people had cedars going trying to get stuff to germinate cover up the ground and and all that but i think that was probably the biggest thing really for me like finishing like just getting stuck in and getting busy and then even the year after you know like just been just even though it was like a bit of a shit show and we just threw ourselves into the deep end of it with the farm like me and riley probably the best thing for us was just to be flat stick yeah doing stuff all day every day and trying to keep on top of the farm and then like that was probably the best thing we yeah like we got chucked in the deep end of it but it probably took our mind off a lot of mm. the crap that was going on mm. you know and i think well you ha- uh, you guys have always been able to like get through you've you've there's mm. other things in your life that you guys have been through yeah that has made you resilient already so mm. if it was anyone you guys just yeah know how to get through a situation and come yeah. out the better end and look at the bright side yeah which, is yeah. something I also find absolutely commendable because, you know, not everyone is able to say, you know, this terrible thing has happened to me, mm. but I just have to look at the positives and look at what the good things in my life are and, you know, just get on with it. Yeah, and I think that's probably, well, you know, that's why. Well, we're obviously grown up together, but that's like why we're all so close because it's just, 
you know, your family's been through a lot too and, mm. and our family has and then obviously Riley and Soph are doing their thing or whatever. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think you and I were best friends before they were actually officially dating though. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. I'm going to claim that. They might say differently. We're but just kind of like the adjudicators. We just make sure they're going to stay together. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I remember <laughs> after as well, you guys, like just how you dealt with everything. There was a lot of media around at that time. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was insane. Yeah, it was pretty hectic. Like, I suppose it was just because it, it burnt such a big area and probably having, like, you know, a lot of, like, as well as my old man, you know, you, we, we can never ignore the fact that there was, you know, um, the back, like, the, the backpacks and stuff. Yeah, that, there was that three away. other people who passed away in the yeah, fire. Yeah, which is just terrible. Yeah. Like, that was probably why it got covered a lot. And our community is only about 100 people, yeah. actually, um, technically, who say they are populated at Scadden. Mm. So, yeah, for four people to have been lost, perished, it's really, including your dad, yeah. it's, it's terrible. Yeah, There's it was, no no other way to say it. Yeah, and I guess the community's, like, the community's probably gone through a bit of hardship, you know, like, tough years or whatever back in the day but mm. like the community probably never really experienced anything like that no we've been pretty lucky we've yeah. had a fairly if if farming was the only issue scadden's been pretty lucky in oh, terms yeah. of that so yeah we get you know well, you know how we are like we we're very very apart lucky from this season <laughs> yeah apart from this year but we're so lucky the area that we live in and like we're so blessed by you know rainfall and, mm. and everything like mm. that and um yeah, I guess like it probably brought everyone in the community back down to reality a little bit. I think um, I, everyone was getting up on their perch a bit, you know, having con- just year after year, just consecutive year after year. Yeah, I definitely yeah. think some. Yeah, it's definitely it teaches you resilience, and I guess for mm. some, it was like us who already dealt with a lot of stuff. It was just another thing to add. You know, mm. what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And yeah. Yeah, you just learn to, you know, you have to either deal with it in a positive, mm. like a negative outweighs a positive or, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, you know, I can't do anything about it and dwell on it. You've just got to get yeah. on with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it goes to show in those situations who your real friends are, I think, as well. Oh, definitely, yeah. Who, you know, who cares, I suppose, in the community, which in ours we're so lucky, like everyone, you know, even before the fire, you might not have even seen some of the people for a couple of years, mm. but like straight after the fire, you know, there's people, you didn't even ask them and you just see some random bloke's cedar going around your paddock. It's like, oh. How <laughs> many, how many um, meals did you get dropped off? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> well, if we could have, have a laugh about something, that was yeah. a pretty funny moment. I we reckon got, you had enough food for like three and a yeah, half months. It's just me and Riley there. For, <laughs> we had that last paddock to harvest that didn't get burnt and oh man. There was so much food. <laughs> just, yeah. People were insane. And I think people just wanted to help and it was really nice. Mm. Um, it was really nice. I know there was some people going around donating food and mm. I know like you guys are exactly the same as our family there. My dad was like, no, I'm still so much better off than so many people. Like mm. we need to do things in a different way to help. So, mm. but it was really nice that people wanted to just show that they cared. Like, oh, definitely. It's just crazy how quick our community turned around. And, and there just was the, yeah. even people from up north, like crazy northern Wheatbelt areas mm. had sent like little home-baked goods down and things yeah, like it that. Insane. It was crazy. Like, I think it just goes to show how agricultural communities and rural communities come together and just they all can put themselves in someone else's shoes. Yeah, yeah. Same as, you know, like 
The drought happening. Yeah, the drought yeah. and the hay going over and stuff. Like people here just don't hesitate. Like, you know, what's what's five grand or whatever, you know, if it's going to help help them in the cause. And same yeah. goes like if we, if, if something happens over here in a crappy year or whatever, mm. like they're going to, they'll, they'll help us yeah, out. Yeah, people it, usually are pretty good yeah, about it. Yeah, and the only people that, that, like I don't know any other sector in the whole world that, that does that yeah and so on a such a personal level i think mm. that's something that's so special and we're really getting to um figure that out with this podcast as well the amount of people that have already contacted and yeah. wanting to share and stuff it's just there's so many special stories and being able to share them and actually yeah having such a beautiful sort of industry that actually yeah. want to all collaborate and help each other yeah everyone in agriculture is just so like genuine that's why it's good to be a part of you know mm. because you know everyone that's in it is in it like there's not many people in agriculture just to make a buck like no fair enough like you're kind of bred it. into it really yeah aren't everyone you? like obviously you want to make a dollar at the end of the day that's mm. why you work but yeah farming is like a lot of it's you know you do it because you love it's it. it's in so. your blood that's yeah. what i keep saying i say if if you are really a true like mm. farmer and i guess um, for you and I, it's been generations of farming, so it's mm. in our blood. We, you can't get rid of it. It doesn't matter who kind of tries yeah. to stop you. Oh, definitely. Like, even if you don't, even if you're not on the farm, like like you, for instance, you're still <laughs> so heavily involved in agriculture. Like. Well, I feel like we have sort of an obligation, don't we, for our mm. future generations to, if, if we have the ability and the skills, we should do something about it and actually do what our, you know, grandfathers and our fathers and our mums and our grandmas yeah. have done and, you know, help grow this industry. Yeah, yeah. And our, the sector has got so much, like, so much potential. Like, it's insane. I feel like we've chatted about those questions but I th- uh, that I was going to ask you anyway. But <laughs> I think if there's anything that you've learnt from Fred passing what do you think or what's the one thing you think he would sort of give you as advice or that's really helped you kind of because you've I guess what is this your fourth year back now yeah yeah this is my, uh, yeah this is my fourth year into it don't well. ask you I know yeah <laughs> um and this is your first year obviously on your own By myself, yeah. which yeah. is pretty amazing to yeah. be 22 mm. and to be running your farm fully and I haven't really given Tom does everything from like you do it all, don't you? You do the bookwork, the whole lot. Yeah, pretty much. Like the yeah, just from the the manual yeah, the manual labour, driving a tractor, servicing gear, um, yeah, bookwork at night, doing budgets and gross margins and all that stuff. And I think doing that, like doing every aspect of of the farming enterprise. If you don't love farming, you probably wouldn't be doing that. Um, I think like I, re- I really I really feel strongly like no matter what scale you're on whether you have 20,000 hectares or five I really think that you need to be heavily involved in your farm and if you're not if you got other people doing it for you and you're just dishing it out then do you really love farming I completely agree I think that's why Tom and I have such a good friendship because our values are very aligned like mm. we are, you know we'll have good old chats and you know I'm obviously not on farm so I don't know 
mm. as much about it as you, but, you know, you'll call me and be like, you know, what do you think about this? And, mm. you know, I can give an opinion based on the same sort of values. Oh, and I think yeah. that works both ways with you as well. And yeah. that's just something that we're totally, if you are going to run a business, you need to be in your business a hundred percent because yeah. that's when things get lost. That's when there's, you know, miscommunication and that's when things go wrong. Yeah. You just lose touch, I guess. Like- yeah. Yeah, even if you are a big operator, I suppose I think it's still important that you that you do like you don't make someone do something you wouldn't do. I, I strongly believe in that. Like, or you have to get to a point where you know there there can be a point where you delegate, but mm. as long as you know how to do that task yourself, because if you had to, you know, yeah. that's yeah, so and important. And as soon as your your workforce or you know whoever's in charge or working for you, as soon as they as soon as they think that you know, oh, he wouldn't do that. Like, he's just giving it to me, you know. Then the the respect for a boss is just completely lost. I totally agree. I think everyone has to be kind of on the same level for it to work well. And I think you have to treat your employees the way you want to be treated. And that's such an important part of any industry, but particularly the agricultural one because it's hard to get good workers now. And that's a whole other thing we could talk about for a while, but... Especially um, harvest, but that's yeah. an interesting one. And yeah. I guess that kind of leads into what we're chatting about next. For any young farmers or people in ag that are struggling kind of to move into a leadership position at a young age, what would be your best advice? I think the biggest thing is like don't be scared in to do what you want to do. I think there's a big thing behind agriculture because because you don't technically have a ticket, like you don't have your certificate of you know, trade or being a plumber or having a uni degree ticket behind you. I think the biggest thing is just not to be scared of going into it and then, because it is a big thing, you know, you go in and then it all turns to crap and then you don't have a ticket, you know. In, in this day and age, you kind of need something behind you to, to, you know, get a good job and sort of be successful, I suppose. But I think the biggest thing is just to not be scared of um, going farming and doing what you want to do and also... Um, being scared of like a big thing with farming is obviously debt. Like whether you oh totally whether you're a, a landowner or a contractor or you know you got a lot of money tied up in gear and it's like it's a big big thing. And I think the biggest thing is to just not be scared of debt. Um, even though farming is very like unpredictable, like season to season, but you just got to know that like you yeah. The way you do it, you just got to do it differently. You got to gamble a little bit, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And I think like... You got to spend money to make money. That's what I say to all my clients. Yeah, definitely. And like farming isn't the most secure sector in in the world. You know, it's it's not like mining. It's not just a rock sitting there and you dig it up and you know you're going to get yay amount of money for it. Like the pricing for grain is so variable and stock and yeah. you can't control the weather. But I think probably the biggest thing is just to not be scared about it and probably probably like try and look ahead a bit like we are like if you if you look ahead and think about how the world's going to be in in 25 years like population increases um, well we've got issues with export with the red sea now climate change and stuff like that if if that is truly real yeah farming is going to be the most diverse and progressive sector probably in the world like people need to eat and, and we need to grow them food mm-hmm. and like the world is or like the world is already struggling with supply in some, yeah, totally. some respects and and we're struggling with producing stuff because of the weather and whatnot that it's changing so 
eventually when people realize that they do still need to eat then you know there's going to be a lot of i think there's going to be a lot of focus turned towards ag from governments and whatnot and they're going to you know there's probably going to be money poured into agriculture to try and get the hopefully sector going. i it, hope so it's like on the bit of the back end i suppose and it's just because people are this it's no one's fault it's just because people are oblivious because there's just there's just food in the shop you know yeah but when it start when when stuff starts like getting a bit like not viable i suppose then in the in probably and i sort of think it's probably going to be within our lifetime probably in the next 25 30 years I oh think. i d- i well, think yeah, people are kind of getting on it now a little bit mm, i think yeah. 10 years time it'll be way more relevant yeah because we need to be more like we're already like especially australia we're pretty efficient with the way we farm but like for the world to be able to sufficiently survive the world is like the world is going to have to contribute to agriculture and i think they're going to have to have more of an understanding like you're saying oh definitely definitely. yeah yeah there's no possible way of um going forward with the way that we're going like it just Mm. won't work there's even i know there's a lot of stuff behind organic food and all that and fair enough like that's what people want to eat but it it's not the sustainable way to yeah to to do it for the world population yeah yeah, on those large levels, just yeah, just can't happen. I don't think people realise how much work goes into organic. Yeah, stuff. I mean that's <laughs> a whole another area yeah. that people don't touch on the back end. Like it's all well and good, like you say, to be in a shop, but mm. sort of there are a few exciting things I know happening, in the, yeah. happening that you know we can't talk about. But mm. um, yeah, hopefully within the next five years, people are so much more aware than what they are now. Yeah, they just need to understand where their food food comes from, the work that goes into it, and why we use the tools, like why we use them, that like to produce our mm. product, I suppose, and how how much we rely on customers. Um, buying stuff and and the world as i suppose as a whole like we're like wa people think that wa well i know a lot of people in the wheat belt and stuff and and us like we all think that you know wa oh, it's pretty big pretty big farming area like we are just a pinch of salt in a massive massive industry like, yeah yeah we're yeah nothing really so yeah yep there was definitely there's some interesting stuff said at the giway um conference mm. earlier this year just about where every country is getting their exports from and australia is yeah just one of the small small children yeah you could take <laughs> us out of you could literally take wipe you could wipe wa out and it probably wouldn't have that much of an impact. So we can move on further and chat about Ag Connect because you're yeah. a committee member of that. Uh, talk to me about what made you decide to join Ag Connect. Well, I guess like um, the main reason I joined Ag Connect was, I mean, a lot of it probably had a fair bit to do with you joining as well. But um, <laughs> I think it was just, yeah, once, once I realised what Ag Connect was and the meaning behind it, like it really made me think like I could use my situation to try and give other young people in ag confidence and like I've never really take, taken a step back and looked at it but pro- pretty much the only reason I joined Ag Connect really now is to share my experience and give other people in ag confidence to say like yeah I want to stay in this industry and do this pathway or I want to buy land or yeah. go contracting or 
go to university and be an mm. agronomist or whatever. So I think that's probably the biggest reason why I joined Ag Connect. And yeah. also the other reason is um, to try and lift Ag Connect off a bit, I guess. Like yeah. being a farmer, I have a f- lot of contacts with just, you know, machinery dealers and, and fertilizer sellers and all that sort of stuff. So I sort of have have a bit of a hand in the game and hopefully I can, you know, get a bit of sponsorship and some money and try and get Ag Connect going. Yeah, I mean, we've both realised there's so many young people in this state Mm. or, I mean, Australia-wide now that are so interested in getting involved. Mm. It's just keeping on doing more and having the resources to be able to do that, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just like, it's just in the next 10 years, it's just got to take like a handful of people, when I say handful, like, you know, a generation or whatever to... Of like-minded people. Yeah, to really, like, grab ag by... Yeah. You know, and, and and try and pr- project it forward, I suppose. And once that happens, it'll be, it'll be right, so... Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. But mm. I think it's really good because everything that we've been doing as a committee and just in general in both things we've been both involved with, yeah. people's response is so positive. Oh, definitely, yeah. I think it's... I think the main problem, really, is just people in agriculture around our age just don't have the confidence to say like yeah i want to do this you know and have their opinion heard i totally agree with that and and have a successful life within agriculture i Mm. guess like there's probably a lot of stipulation around that you know which is fair enough young people going into the world they want to have a successful start to life and a job and you know earn some good coin and i think just making people realize that is probably a a big thing you know yeah yeah i definitely think that it's just something we've just got to keep pushing out. But yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with you that if you want to be involved with something, just go and do it because mm. people will respect you at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think so. I'm sure our friends do make fun of us sometimes when we're trying <laughs> yeah. to force them to buy event tickets, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then moving on, what do you think that is the biggest takeaway in your four years on farm that you've learnt from actually being on farm? Um, yeah, probably the probably. Uh, like maturing is probably the biggest thing that has happened to me being back there. But um, yeah, probably just opening my eyes up to uh, the, you know, how farm runs and there's a lot more that goes on than just, you know, driving a tractor up and down the paddock and Mm, um, the thought process. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like, and just understanding, um, yeah, like commodities within ag and, um, trying to buy and sell um, grain and fertilizer and machinery and just that sort of stuff. Like even my understanding of economics is just like, I don't have a ticket or anything, but it's, it's gone. Like, yeah, I just, you know, you understand a lot of things going into adulthood. Like if I was to leave the farm now, you know, I wouldn't be scared to go to the bank and borrow money to buy a house, like kind of thing. So Oh, just yeah, those, you, you definitely are so onto it. Just There's, sort of those sort of things. And I think as well, you, you like you meet with people like accountants and lawyers mm. and stuff and you have those um, adult conversations with people yeah. and that just definitely makes you think about things and learn things from a different perspective. Yeah, definitely. And probably like the biggest, um, you know, emotional thing I've learned from being back is probably just how to um, be truthful and and be adult-like to to other people in the community, I suppose, um, and how to treat others, I guess. That's probably a big thing that I've I've learnt. Um, mm. Yeah, just being truthful and trying to um, talk to other other adults, I suppose. It's really helped me, you know, because a lot of people, you know, they look at me and they're like, oh, you're 
pretty young to be farming kind of thing they don't take you seriously but if you just if you just talk to them like normally and like an adult i suppose you yeah i think a lot of people have a lot of respect for you yeah probably but i suppose it's just from yeah you know youth youth does freak you out yeah it freaks Mm. me out i'm like um am i too young to do this but yeah then i hear people say you should just work hard from when you're young because then it will pay off later so yeah. hopefully we'll be reaping the benefits when we're old yeah and you look at it like all our parents and stuff back in the day you know it wasn't unusual like they'd finish school at 18 and they'd be back on the farm mm. and oh they'd yeah be in debt instantly and, yeah totally you know i think like a lot of people get caught up in especially like in the cities i suppose there's a lot of people that get caught up in just having late starts to life and stuff like that and I just think if, if obviously you, if you want to do that, it's fair enough. But if you really if you really want to dig down and and get started, you can really get ahead before you you know thirty or forty. You can really be a lot a long way in life, I suppose. Yeah, um, I I guess secure, so. I uh, well, I obviously agree with you. Mm, you know, with your business. Um, and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I I guess everyone's got a different opinion on that sort of thing, but you and I are definitely, yeah, I would de- totally agree with you. I think mm. the earlier you know what you want to do, even if you give something a crack, you're better off trying something and actually putting yourself out there than just, mm. you know, wasting your youth because it will go bloody quick. Like the last four years have just flown by. Yeah, yeah, and, and especially employ employers, they, they really look for like, you know, young enthusiastic people in in any industry or job yeah whether it's hospitality or mining or agriculture so if you're if you're dead keen to get into it they'll you'll have no trouble with getting on board and getting a job or getting i mean that's how i've got all of my work now i was pretty Mm. much almost in digital marketing and pr in ag officially yeah and it's all really been me being keen and word of mouth or having had an opportunity presented that's led to something else so Mm. you know if you want to be in this industry whether you want to be a farmer like you or you want to be in the complete opposite end of stuff in the marketing side you just have to be keen and show a willingness to learn and just take everything in yeah well it's a lot like running a farm you know there's some decisions you got to make and you don't know whether it's going to be good or bad at the end of the day you know like but you always learn something from yeah it. you go and put some fertilizer out and it might not pay off it's the same <laughs> doesn't as bloody rain if you've got an opportunity in front of you for a job what's the worst that's going to happen yeah in, exactly you, you might waste a month of your life like, yeah you might not like the job but yeah. you might realize that a, B, and C happened within that job that got you to where you are in your career twenty yeah, years later. You exactly, know exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think just trying everything is is definitely a thing. Yeah, I mean we're so young, we might as well. Yeah. So, can you tell me who's your biggest inspiration? My biggest inspiration is probably a combination of my two uncles, which they farm. Like obviously, my uncle Mick, he farms in Cascades, and mm-hmm. um, Darren, who's right next door to us, he has yeah just pretty much taken on a fatherly figure for us yeah um since dad left and yeah they're probably my two biggest inspirations um people that i really respect and look up to um and you know like you can rely on them for anything and yeah like i i just you cannot talk to them for such a long time and then um you know give them a call and they've got such good advice on any any parts of life you know mm. they still tell you off if you be a bit of a <laughs> bit of an idiot so yeah it's, they probably taught me like a lot in the last year just about not only the farm and stuff but 
just you know life in general how to be respectful and and honest with becoming people. a man yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah so and probably the the other the other person that's an inspiration to me is probably my twin brother riley so he's come up to perth and stuff and like we've been talking about just go and do what you want to do mm. you know and because a lot of there was a lot of crap going on around us you know when riley said he wants to come up and, mm. and i wanted to stay on the farm and they said well you know tom why don't you go up as well and they wanted me to experience you know all the Earth life or whatever. I so. don't know if you would have lasted five minutes anyway. No, Something tells me Perth I don't like think. Three days. Yeah, I'm this is the longest you've been yeah. in Perth, and I'm wondering. <laughs> I think you've been here five days actually. Yeah. I thought you'd have the itch. Yeah, I'm ready. It's the five day itch. Farmers can't spend longer than five days here. It's terrible. Yeah. So yeah, but um, yeah, pretty much me two uncles and my twin brother Riley. Like I rely on him so much. Like even though sometimes we don't talk for a long time, but yeah, it's it's a weird relationship, but you still. <laughs> you're still best mates at the end of the day, I suppose, and you'd do anything for each other. And, yeah, hopefully when he comes back from uni, we can, you know, find a bit of land or something and hopefully we can go forward together like my old man and his and Darren did. So Yeah, yeah. I believe that whatever you guys do will pay off because you both have the best intentions at heart. So. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, he's he probably doesn't realise it, but, yeah, I, I, I do look up to him a lot. You know, we, we probably bounce back off each other a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Like vice versa. So, yeah. I yeah. feel like a lot in the last couple of years, your relationships definitely got a lot more solid. Like yeah. I feel like. A lot more mature. Yeah. Like. When you got, you guys have really grown up. I mean, we've all, we all have, but mm. I think that happened at a time where we were all like, we're all kind of very like just left school. So yeah. we were all kind of, none of us knew what we were going to do. If you'd have told me four years ago before it happened mm. that I was going to have my own company at this time, wouldn't have believed wouldn't you. Believe, yeah. And you probably would, we would have laughed if you yeah. had said you were going to be on the farm running on your own. Oh, definitely. Like yeah. we wouldn't have believed each other. So nah. to be where we are, I guess it all makes sense now mm. because we have, we've always had the people in our lives, but mm. yeah, for you to have taken on the role that you have with your farm has been phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's um, like, you know, it's a bit of a sob story behind it all, I suppose. But yeah. I guess like that's a thing I want people to see as well. You know, it's like like shit happens and probably happens for a reason. So, and there's always an opportunity that happens after it, you know. And Definitely. You should just grab that because yeah. you've got nothing to lose. So. And I think something that was so special about your dad, which I think is something that sticks with me, every day because I was lucky enough to have a great relationship Mm. with him is that he took every day as it was a great day like he Mm. just made the most of every day and he just he lived every day like it was his last oh definitely and I think that's something that it's like you might not if not now when because you know you may not be here tomorrow yeah you just never know what what's planned for your life no yeah I just I'm a strong believer in just yeah whatever's gonna happen it'll happen yeah when when it happens and you can't change or control it I, yeah so. i agree as well mm. and lastly i think there'll be a few farmers listening that will want to know about the season i mean yeah. it's not one to brag about but tell us how was the harvest this year so it was quick <laughs> we finished like on the 25th was i think November. it was record record harvest yeah for the was, quickest it was one ever. very very quick it was about it was four weeks and we, it was actually good we didn't have a day off the whole time we could smash i mean there was so. no rain so that was a positive yeah no rain and it was just it was pretty dry we had a couple of harvest bands because it was hot but yeah it was um i mean it was quick because there was not much there but i guess the the potential was there with the year like from the rainfall we've had we probably had we've only had at home 165 mils and that's yeah. like 
unheard of. I think if it keeps going, if we don't get to, if we stay under 185 before Christmas, it'll be the lowest ever recorded for our area. So, yeah. Yeah. What um, do you feel? What's your feeling about 2020? Um, I don't reckon it's going to be a thumper like the last couple of years. I, I just reckon it'll be it'll be okay. I think, I think it'll be a standard sort yeah, of get, get back on track situation. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think it'll be around that. And it, a, lot of, a lot of people in the area will be a lot more careful, you know, with the frost. And because obviously that was probably the biggest. I think a lot of like, people. I mean, obviously our farm and your farm, we were very, dad was very aware of what the situation mm. was. He went into damage control early and cut a lot of crops for hay. So, mm. you know, we've made some money yeah um but there was a lot of people in the area that were very sort of <laughs> didn't oh, want to listen yeah well guys just in our area i suppose like everyone that's listening right now probably knows that that people you know farmers through the weatherbell and stuff that's it's a norm for them and they they cop it every year and it's it's terrible to look at yeah and we're so lucky down our way we don't really cop it much and but this year like you know came in and smoked us and you know, there's four four ton wheat crops sitting there on 150 mil, and they, you know, well, we were harvesting, you know, half a ton sort of thing. I think our last so. paddock was averaging 300 kilos yeah. and didn't need a chaser bin. Yeah, it's pretty. But, you know, terrible. it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, you know, but there are some people, like I've seen, I've visually seen some people at Franklin River mm. that are yielding seven and a half tons. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess you win some, you lose some. Yeah, that's Might it. as well buy a property there. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's just like, yeah, like we don't. I don't like to complain too much because we're in such a nice area, you know. But mm. like it was pretty, it was a pretty average tough season. But in a way, I think it's that, yeah. good for you. For actually, Dad's first season was when he was young, mm. like you. His first two, you said, were his hardest. So maybe that's the thing. You're gonna have the hardest now, and then you're gonna skyrocket in 25, oh, 30 that's years. What I reckon maybe Dad just just gave me my first year by myself just an absolute shit of one because he's teaching you i feel like he's teaching you you can't you can't just have it made yeah you've got to have the tough times so you know what hard work is yeah even though you're not already a hard worker but yeah but i i i've honestly been thinking about it all through harvest like maybe this is just a bit of a lesson for me yeah yeah, and I'm a total believer in the universe mm. and things like that, as you know. Yeah. So I'm sure he is up there being like 2020, you know, you've got to have your first year a bit tough and then it will mm. all work out. Yeah, that's it. And it does make you like, you know, appreciate the good years and stuff. And yeah, it just brings you back to reality, I suppose. You just need to be careful with farming and you yeah. can't get too far ahead of yourself. No, so. no, definitely not. Yeah. And before we go, I'm sure some people will want to do a bit of a stalk of you. So where and you 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 love a bit of tweeting on Twitter. So, yeah, so share your Twitter and your Instagram with us. Yeah, so go on Twitter. That's probably what I use the most. And yeah, pretty what's much. your handle? Is it just at Tom Kerno? Yeah, at Tom Kerno. I think I'll link it. We'll link it down below. Anyway, sure. and we'll link your Instagram so people want to yeah, have a look at I'm you. They a, can. I'm not a big user of Instagram. You're actually getting so, better. I yeah. feel like I've influenced you a bit. Like yeah. you do a good old Instagram story of you on the farm. Yeah, I've been thinking about deactivating. No, nah, so you're not doing that. Have a stalk. He's not. I'll, <laughs> I'll convince you otherwise. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, it's man. been so nice. Yeah, it's been awesome. And we'll leave all of the links for Tom in the show notes. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.